You're listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode six. On today's episode, we're joined by Doug. We talk about this week in music, state of the nation, and spend time chatting with Doug. So sit back and chill with friends. You're listening to The After Show with the Soju Talk Nation. Welcome to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, a chill discussion on This Week in the Soju Talk Nation. I'm your host, Crispy, and joining me as always is Koala. Hello. And today, welcoming to the show, a very special guest, the captain of the Soju Talk K-pop podcast main show, we have Doug. Welcome, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I tried. I'm going to be real honest. They, like, straight up just recorded the intro before they started this. Like, I was, <laughs> my name the intro. I was about to talk, but <laughs> but I did it, you know? No, you so could. That's, that's, what, that's oh, what happened. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Oh, man. So that's what, the, that's what this kind of show, that's what this show will be today. This will be kind of a, a Doug YOLO let's go Um kind of, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but, you know, it's it, this is this is a good start so far. Doug, how are you? How are, how are you today, Doug? All right, like I, I don't know what like I this so I slept well for once, right? You know, for some reason there's a correlation between watching anime and sleeping well for me right now. I don't know why that is, but you know, we slept well. It's it's in the morning, which we never record in the morning. I kind of like this though. Yeah. I might it to you, Warren and Anita at some you know? point. Yeah, it's like a morning radio show. Just uh, wake up and record. You know? Yeah, the energy levels are good. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Um, all right. So but before we get into our main discussion today, we'll do some housekeeping. Um, announcement number one is we have Doug today. Um, a lot of fun things we'll be talking about. So um, just teasing that ahead of time. Um, celebrating the nation. We don't have any birthdays this week, um, but we're looking forward to March and all the birthdays coming around and St. Patrick's Day because that is a time to celebrate with friends with beverages. So. Oh yeah, you, you do that. We don't do that here. Oh, that's right. You Germans. Well, you guys drink all the time, so it doesn't really matter when. <laughs> ah, wunderbar, yes. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, well, any any announcements from you guys? Any Anything special you guys want to celebrate before we get started on the show? I mean, it was Lunar New Year this past week, you know. Um, bow to your relatives, get some money. I see you, cash flow. Um, yeah, yeah. Red envelopes. I, that had big implications on the show this week, obviously, right? Because yeah. it's one of the few weeks of the year in K-pop when there's, like, nothing going on, right? Because we, you got to think, we normally cover, like, four songs plus, right? We only had two. And then and it, was re- it was real struggle city to get news articles this week. Like, big struggle. But, you know, Lunar New Year, it's fun. It is what it is. Let's go. Yeah, you get to hang out with family and celebrate for a little bit. So not too bad. Um, Qual, did you do anything special for the Lunar New Year? Just, just did not meet as many family members as we used to because Germany is still, like, eh, pretty strict on the pandemic. Yeah, it's tough still, but, you know, hopefully next year will be better. Hopefully more red envelopes and, um, <laughs> yeah, get that money. 
Alright, um, so jumping right in to this week in Soju Talk Music, we have two songs this week. We have Chunga with Bicycle. Um, this is her release for her full her full length album. And then we have Soyu X Eyes One featuring PH1. Um, and that was a CF for Pepsi. That is all I will say about that one, because uh, <laughs> 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 I've got some thoughts about that one, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so we have those two songs. Um, we have Doug here. So we're going to start with you. What, are, what were your takes about how it all went down on the show? All right. I've, obviously, the, 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 the elephant in the room, the monkey <laughs> in the room, is how much Warren's been pro-Chunga, like, the last two releases, right? That's like... I still don't understand what goes through the kid's head when he's evaluating these songs. Like, I'm very confused in terms of just consistency. Now, as, as, as if you listen to the main show, he's really hype on Bicycle. He called it, I believe, the best release out of all of the songs from this album. It's Holy not, cow. It's not Quinceanera. It's Carencia. <laughs> but we're going to say it like a New Jersey person. It's Carencia. Yes. Carencia. Um, Carencia album. Um... I think that is some, like you may you you're doing a real stretch there. I'm talking mental gymnastics stretching, right, <laughs> with that one. Um, because you got to think this this album was pretty much released over 11 months, right? Everyone has mm-hmm. Stay Tonight, Play, Dream of You, X, and then now we have Bicycle. Like, at best, I could say this is like middle 50 percent. Like that's that's me being generous too. Yeah, but, I, I actually do feel the same way. I do like the other songs that she put out first. Mm-hmm. Um, the two pre-releases, Stay Tonight, was probably my favorite. And then the song she did with Rehab. Um, that was like... Oh, God, that was so good. It's like two like club bangers where it's like you really get that club vibe. But then at the same time, it's still pretty um, like K-pop friendly, right? With just like the dancing presentation and just like the hype. Um, Kuala Doug brings up a really interesting point about this song being released over 11 months, essentially. Um, do you feel like this pre-release approach worked and lived up to the hype? Mm, I wouldn't say that it worked. So pre-releases are a weird thing in general. It's pretty risky to do them because there's a chance that people might like the previous uh, release more than the actual title track. But she put out like, how many pre-releases were there? Four? Five? Five. Five. So... It was pretty risky to do that, and now I myself don't really like bicycle. Like I don't know why, just not, just not my vibe. I've seen people on the server who like it, but I think the overall opinion is also like it's not the best. So the other pre-releases were better than the actual title track for the album now. Yeah, I mean, at first when I watched the music video and listened to the song, I. I, I loved it because it's Chunga and she's doing Chunga <laughs> things and I'm a oh sip. My God. Um, but having listened to the the entire album the past two days, there's definitely it's definitely divided in different sections. So it's like side mm-hmm. like A side, B side, A side, B side, C side, D side, and then each of them have like the pre release sections, but they're all like themed to a certain like music style. Um, and I would say A side with the bicycle is the weakest of of the four so like just like being or being around the music and like trying to trying to absorb it um it does kind of fall a little flat compared to the rest of the album and the rest of the songs um and i mean it, it's it was a bold 
attempt, right, to have her music stretch over this amount of months. Um, but Doug, just seeing, like, her approach and just what chung is capable of doing, do you feel like this puts her back into, like, the realm of, like, top soloist during her Gotta Go 2019 run? And what uh, do you think is next for Chunga after this? Okay, so, so that's that's difficult to quantify, right? Because yeah, yeah. like the female solo game is really strange because no one has great album sales, right? If we remember last year, Moonbiola was in first place and she barely scratched over a hundred, so she had a hundred hundred sixteen thousand album sales, right? Chunga's album so far, with I think this is day three, only sold eleven thousand copies, right? For something that's been essentially being hyped up for eleven months. I feel like 11,000 is a low number. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a great number. It just feels like it got dragged so long, right? And some of the songs were so good that, like, what what could you have released in this title track spot to be like, oh, this is it, right? Come buy this album now. I just don't know. And in terms of what she's doing next, I do think she's incredibly top tier in girl group soloists. Um, She's, like... Okay, so who who's at the top, right? It's like her, Hyuna, Hyuna Sunmi, Sunmi, maybe some of the Mamamoo girls. Obviously, Ayu's in a category of her own, and I think Taeyeon's probably mm-hmm. like in a category of her own as well. Um, and I would say Hwasa. Those are like the big three, right? Chunga's still in like the top five. It's just like I don't think this album put her like in like the top three, top two discussion, right? And that's the little unfortunate thing because. People like her, right? People love Chunga. She's great, right? But at the same time, it just feels like mainstream popularity in Korea is just not there yet. Where, like, the average person on the street knows, oh, that's Chunga, right? She's on that show. Or, like, she's the girl. Like, everyone just knows um, Yoldushi, right? Because it's, like, her most famous <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't think people in Korea know Chunga the person, which I think mm, she has, God. which is the struggle for her right now going forward. Yeah, that's that's a really good point you make because just the idea of what she did in 2019, <clears throat> excuse me, and just how popular she got musically and how she be, she essentially grabbed the global audience. But then with within Korean culture and Korean entertainment, you have to be a little bit more than just your music side to really capture like the country as like the nation's soloist. Mm-hmm. Um, so like IU was a really good example where she could do everything, but at the same time like she such a household name with um with just the population and people um yeah so i i would have to agree with kind of everything you said about chunga like it's not that i'm worried about the direction she's going to it's just like what is next is more of a question that doesn't feel like there's any answer right now the the other issue is like all right so she's from mnh right they basically have her and bandit right and let's be let's be real bandits not like they're I don't even think you can consider them mid-tier at this point yet, yeah. right? So she's pretty much, like, carrying this company. So the amount of pressure under her is ridiculous, right? So it's like, how do we temper expectations, but at the same point realizing, like, yeah, she's like a top soloist, but she just doesn't have the numbers, right? So it's a, it's a weird balancing act with her. Yeah. Um, Koala, what do you think about um, Jungle's Direction and just the idea of having to balance and, like, carry a company by yourself? I mean, we have many examples for artists who need to carry their company. They're like, I, I think for soloists also, like many soloists are doing that. <coughs> and she has already <coughs> like that that attention from IOI, so pre her soloist debut. 
so she has a little bit easier, but it's still kind of hard for her to like do it on her own. And I don't think whether um, what was the name? MNH? MHN? MNH. MNH. That's the name. Is doing a right thing with this direction because. Of course, she is popular right now, but this won't like go on for another, I don't know, five years, seven years. And we've seen that this full album, especially because it's a full album, it, it did not sell as well as I would have expected because I generally also thought that she would sell more because she's so present in like the global K-pop industry. It's just a struggle. So I think they need to like, think of a solution for this if you, so here's another thing i was just thinking about right there's this like tier where you're popular but you're not popular enough to do a solo concert that's like where she's stuck in right because mm. like she's at the level where like she's super popular she could headline most events or something right but it's not like you can do a global chunga tour unless it's smaller venues so that's that's a bit of like how do you figure that out because because her company's so small, it's not like they can couple her with anyone, right? Because adding Chunga plus Bandit doesn't really do all that much for you. So it's like, how do we increase profitability without having so much to work with? So that's that's really what MNH has to ask themselves. Yeah, I think they were really banking on Chunga taking that next step into <laughs> like going to that level of like an IU or something where she can be that hard carry soloist. And it kind of just didn't happen with like the way that last year turned out so for sure yeah yeah it's like it's something like not only her but like everyone's growth for besides like the big hit artists <laughs> and 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 yg can i can yeah, i throw YG, yg in there okay, yeah. I, see you. I see you blackpink oh, yes oh, let's go okay. blackpink <laughs> treasure icon yeah they're all doing things um yeah so i guess before wrapping up chunga's little section here uh, doug what are your so i know you mentioned warren a little bit here I'll, I'll give you the last like take on Warren. Why do you think it is that Warren made this essentially like confused shift of his uh, fandom towards Chunga? I okay. <laughs> I think about this myself, right? The, the X song, right? If you want to be a sad boy or sad girl, I get it, right? It's like you know, it's something different. It's very different than the general Chunga stuff. So I can see why he won, or not even just him, why someone might like that song a lot. But this bicycle song, it just felt like me, number one, it didn't feel super Chunga. Like, I felt like a song Chunga could do, but it didn't feel like Chunga, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And number two, it just felt like a lot of people could have done this bicycle song, right? And that's that's my, like, catching point. Because, like, why out of this song, because I feel like there's a lot of songs like this song, why is this one, like, the banger, right? That's, that's what I just don't understand. Yeah. It is curious, like, considering... When she released all the songs together, you listen to some of the other tracks, especially the pre-releases, why those weren't selected as, like, the main song for this yeah. album. Yeah, I feel like, all right, so Stay Tonight, Dream of You, and Play, I think all could have been better solo tracks. Out of those two specifically, Stay Tonight or Dream of You, if they if she just wanted to hit the Western market, just do Dream of, <laughs> Dream of You and actually give it a music video, and I think it would have popped off. Yeah. That could have sure. been on, like, U.S. radio, that kind of song. Yeah. And I think it would have done actually well. Well, well, we'll have to see where Chunga goes from here. I mean, de- definitely we're not concerned about her direction. It's just yeah. the idea that she, this may not have pushed her into that top tier. Um, yeah, I think that's the, that's the 
the unfortunate thing because they've been building the hype for like an entire year. Yeah. Um, Kwon, any final thoughts on Chunga and her song? No final thoughts on the big Chungus. <laughs> big Chungus. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so let's move on to Soyu X Eyes One featuring PH1. It's the Pepsi song. That's what I will refer to as. Oh my god. Um Alright, so you guys you guys yeah. talked about like a lot of things on the show. I think still like the most one of the most glaring like comments and like opinions is like Warren's uh affinity for the past two songs. So confused. So, so I do want to set it up where Eyes One is near the end of their contract as a group. True. But yes. the past two songs have essentially been promotional songs for other products. True. Yes. What does this mean as far as their ability to be paired and marketed with products? And what is the end game if perhaps Eyes One lives on past the past April? These are some interesting questions, Crispy. I like them. I like them. <laughs> so I had thought about this, right? I've been thinking I have this theory, right, where there's a certain point in K-pop you could be too big to be approachable. <clears throat> so this is this is a big brain, dog multiple brain fault theory, right? Top tier groups like a Red Velvet, a Twice, a Blackpink are so popular and demand so much. Re- like you got to pay them a lot to be in your thing, right? So it's a struggle for promotional people to get them on their products because their companies are so big. Eyes one because they're connected to CJ, who's pretty much knows everyone, and because they're popular but not God-tier popularity, are approachable by these advertisers. So they're the first level of group that can get these kind of things. Does, does that make sense? No, that, that was good. I was, I was waiting for more. Uh, right? Like, yeah, it, like, yeah. It, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, you know how, like, it's like, there's no way you're just going to pull a Twice kid and put them on this type of song, right? It's just yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But from Eyes One and down in terms of girl groups, you could start putting them in things. And that's also why I believe that you see some of the Eyes One kids on variety shows a lot. Or you see like another group that's in this level is like Mamamoo or like Oh My Girl. That's why you see those kids on tons of variety shows and not the top tier girl groups members on those shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Because there there's that level just below the, the, the S tier of, of girl groups and just well, idols in general <clears throat> where you can... Not manipulate, but you can use different idols in different avenues to be very profitable because they have a recognizable face, and there's still, um, there's still kind of that brand loyalty and brand recognition to wherever they came from. So, mm-hmm. I, I think you made a really good point in comparing Mamamoo and Oh My Girl with Eyes One, um, but I think with Eyes One, they just have that built-in, I guess, cultural uh, cultural audience or just like cultural. Um, cultural awareness to like how they were put together and like how yeah, this fandom it, like pushes them. like the the voting scandal kind of helped them out if we think about it yeah, right right it increased their sales which you would think like is the opposite thing but it actually was good for them and it feels like because they're inherently a produced group and it's essentially like people have grown up with these kids they feel like a fondness to them and like i don't know like a kid like jong won young the center of eyes one most of Korea know, knows who she is, right? But at the same time, it's like she's a starship kid, right? Which is at that approachable level. So that's yeah. why it's like a double positive for her to get on things. Yeah. Um, Koala. So Doug's talking about approachable idols as far as um, marketability and being able to be 
put on products, variety, and um, just ways that entertainment can uh, be profitable for uh, a person in the public the public eye. What do you feel like is is the similar, I guess, the corollary to like male idols, or do you feel like this is only specifically mm. to like female idols or like this group in general? Wait, I don't think it's like that present for male idols. I could be wrong because if I, I follow like a ton of like magazines and like different uh, brands and shit, and I always see BTS and mm-hmm. it, it, they are everywhere. And it doesn't seem like they are exclusively like only for one brand or two per year, but I actually see them a lot. And I don't think this whole this whole thing actually really exists for boy groups because if we take I don't know Stray Kids for example, I would say I see I see BTS way more often than Stray Kids on anything. I kind of agree with what she's saying. Like I think the only thing with BTS is you don't see them on. In like variety shows that's not of their mm. own right but I, I i think with even girl groups it's like a lot of these top groups will get a lot of space on advertisement and stuff but it's like the tv presence is lacking but with boy groups like 17's on so much stuff still right yes. even though they're like top three boy group so i think and i also think with guy groups because the sales are so much bigger you can have guy groups from lower groups still be popular like chaonu from astro like, let's be honest, Astro's not the <laughs> most popular group in the world, but Chaonu's on literally everything, right? And then same thing <clears> with, like, the SF9 <throat> boys, Bro and Chani. They're on yes. so many things, even though their group doesn't do that well. But you won't see that with a girl group. Yeah, no, it's it. there's a really interesting separation about, like, how boy groups are received and how girl groups are received. Um, but, yeah, it does really put IS-1 in an interesting spot, considering... Um, their influence and impact on the industry, but also like where they are today and where they're going to be in a few months. Okay, so I'm gonna be honest. The 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 longer we go, the more likely it is they're gonna disband. In my opinion, mm. okay. in my opinion. Yeah. um, I feel like if we were going to get a renewal, like breaking news thing, it would have already happened. Um, I've like aren't like uh sorry. No, no, keep going, Koala. Unlike was once, like the last shot is their next online concert. That's yeah, that's something I propose. Like, what if they dropped <laughs> during the concert? Like, yeah. that'd be kaiki kind of cool. Um, I honestly think though that although these produce groups generally don't do that well after they break up, right? The companies mm-hmm. just feel like, you know, they're they're inherently going to feel like, oh, once we get Won Young and Yujin back, let's pop off, right? Even though it's like it's probably not going to be to their expectations, but they rather have more creative control just because of how the money gets split up currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's... And then everything's driven by money, right? And profit. For sure. Um, For sure. So kind of putting a bow on the Eyes One song. I know we're calling it the Eyes One song, even though like there's like two other features <laughs> on it. <laughs> but, uh, Let's talk about this Pepsi song. This Pepsi song. But... <laughs> Um, well, let's put a bow on this this topic because I do have an idea of you, you, you said something interesting about um, K-pop groups because of the pandemic this past year in 2020 yep. and how a lot of the smaller groups and mid-tour groups are probably going to suffer or at least feel the pressures of not being able to tour not being able to make money. Yep. Do you feel like because there are a large number of kids from those companies 
that they would be more incentivized to keep them as a group because they are so profitable already? So I don't see it. Well, the way I really see it is that you keep them together. Well, specific kids you keep together because there's no real clear path for them once you break up the group. So an example of this is like Minju, right? What 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 is she going to do at her company once it's over? Because I don't think she has enough. Like maybe she'll do some end scene stuff. I personally don't think she's going to be a career idol. Or like someone like Heywon, what do you do with her? Or like Yena, yeah, she's in um Yehua, but it's like, isn't it? A lot of people feel like it's too late to add her to Everglow. So yeah, just maintaining this eyes one thing, even if it's not all the members, sometimes just feels like the better answer. So that that's how I kind of feel about it. Yeah, and that's like that's like the big hope for like being a whiz one and just like see, hoping that your group sticks together. And I mean, they got something going, so who knows? Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of a shame to disband like the the, the second best selling girl group of like. Oh, yeah, it just feels wrong to do yeah, that. That's rough. Um, I know Koala. We talked about uh, girl groups, and this is your specialty. So, do you have any closing thoughts? Oh God, <laughs> no. Um, any thoughts about PH1's uh, rap section? All right, I, I said it on the show. It's not actually that good. I want to re-listen to it. I'm gonna have to agree on that one. Like, I just, I just, it didn't, it didn't fit. It just didn't work for me. But um, they really could have just done so you and I's one, right? And yeah. they could have picked Yena, and then she could have just done the rap section. Yeah. They could have wrote something up for her, right? Yeah. Well. All right, well, um, that wraps up our conversation on the Pepsi song. <laughs> so let's leave it there. <laughs> um, moving on to Spice King, the Soji chart. This week is Dreamcatcher at one with Odd Eye, CIX at two with Cinema, and Chunga's Bicycle at three. All right, so we have Doug here. Doug is a, a Dreamcatcher stan, I would say. Yep. So, Doug, Odd Eye has two wins. Mm -hmm. Give me your best campaign pitch why it should be three wins and move on to the Hall of Spice. All right, I'm going to let you finish, but I don't think it's going to (laughs) win. Okay. There's a a reason, though, right? If we think about it, it's picking up its second win in week three because it did not win its first week, right? Oh, you're so right. if we if we think about the listener fatigue segment, because you got to remember that Chunga's X won it when Dreamcatcher had it like the first week, because I think both those songs, oh no, I think Chunga's X came out, it won, and then the second week it won again, but that's when the Dreamcatcher song came out. So if we're going to have Dreamcatcher enter Hall of Spice, it needs to win on its fourth week, right? Yeah. That just seems kind of. I unlike. don't think. I don't <laughs> think it's You're happening. Right. Like I, I'm kind of doing the odd eye campaign for the memes. Yeah. But I like unless shiny shits the bed. Like. Oh yeah. Like, That's gonna. Uh, but I, I don't. Anita really likes SM boy groups, so yeah. I don't. Think... <laughs> yeah, she's gonna fight for that one. I think. Right. It's like if Anita and I are gonna cancel each other out with shiny. <laughs> and oh. Right. Most likely. Warren does not like the Dreamcatcher song, so he will most likely put the Shiny song higher. So probability-wise, it's probably Shiny. But who knows? This yeah. Monster X I M song might be fire that comes out on Friday, oh, right? That's right. Gosh. Man. Or maybe Warren loves this Kang Daniel Paranoia song, right? Like, this is 
déjà vu, just like when X was on their second win and the third win was expected by everyone, but... Nope, it never flipped immediately. It just did not happen. This is so difficult to get. <laughs> it's so hard. Well, it's so also hard. timing, right? Because I think the when BTS came out, it was... I, don't, I wouldn't say it was at a dead period, but I don't think there was very much competition for that position at that point. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I have to go back and listen to it. But I do remember when Twice came out, it was pretty much just like a Twice twice train to, to the finish. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. I remember that one was. Yeah. Um, and I, I just remember because of Warren's um, reaction to Dynamite, it was like almost assured that it was going to sweep mm. three weeks. Mm. Yeah, yeah. This Odd Eye, though, here's the thing, though. All the other songs on this list, I don't see Cinema rising above Odd Eye. Nor do I see Bicycle Rising above Arai just because of the way that Anita and I feel about the song. So it's not out of the question. If the Shiny song and the I Am song fall flat, like it can win though. But it's I think just. There will be yeah. a lot of ties. Yeah, I think oh, so too. It's going to be super <laughs> spicy. Excellent. I, I think there I will think be a lot of I think of there's going to be like five songs within two <laughs> points of each other. Yeah. Or something. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. gosh. Oh, man. Okay. Um,. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be interesting the next couple of weeks. Considering it's been slow the past two weeks or so, um, for so sure it'll be a nice injection of it of of new music. Into, yeah, there's uh, a lot of stuff in the next weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so that's it for our spice chart uh, conversation. Um, any closing thoughts, Doug? On well, let me ask you this: When you guys developed us the, the Soji chart and Spice King, mm-hmm. I guess what were what what were the initial i guess like planning stages of like how you wanted this to turn out <sighs> okay so we were replacing certified spicy right i think that we felt that the bar to get certified spicy was too high to get all three of us to like a song a lot i think that was the the main reason why we decided to do spice king and then i guess we just felt like having the soju chart would allow us to showcase three songs a week and it would add for more banter because it's more banter than to just say Oh, this song should have like you. The three of you should have liked this song, right? Right. That's like a that's a hard argument to to say to someone who's already decided they like the song or not. And it give it gave us too much agency individually because if one person doesn't like the song, it's not getting it right, regardless of how much the other two people like it. So that's why we felt that the soju chart it'll give us like the average, right? Yeah. Even though. We've learned over time that one person can hold it hostage. So, yep. so <laughs> that's the problem. But what are we going to do, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the the chaos makes for great conversation. I feel true, like true. the past it couple had so much weeks, banter. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's been really good. Um, and yeah, like just, just including... I, I do feel like there's a more inclusionary... Um, like sense when you listen to it uh, because it does like mirror a, a music show and it does mm-hmm. give the audience and especially people on discord like the ability to um, have a say in in how things go whether that's through um, our herald's homies join us on patreon um, or even like <laughs> the song the song poll right <laughs> where it's like sometimes you guys reference the song poll as like your deciding factor for a lot of things so i look at it as much as people don't think i do i i really like take a look at it and see what the general opinion is before yeah. I form my own. Yeah, and I do think that it is important to at least, like, you know, give yourself the largest breadth of information of like how to determine mm-hmm. the, your favorite songs. Um, Koala, any thoughts about this this week and kind of moving forward? I'm just I'm just really excited about next week. Shy Stark. 
right. it's gotta be good right like it's gotta it's, be good. it's, it's gotta, gotta be, be good it's gotta, it's be, gotta good. be like i don't yeah i can't imagine it being bad but i agree um i mean uh, things have happened in the past so we'll 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 have to wait and see for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that puts a bow on this week on the Spice King Soji chart. Um, please let us know what you think, everyone. Um, yeah, Doug is going all out today, and this is awesome. So um, let him know on Discord and in the comments. All right. So we're moving on to State of the Nation. Um, this is the balance game that they played on the show. Um, we have all of them listed here. We're not going to go through every single one of them because they did a really good job mm-hmm. on the show. Um, a lot of interesting responses and reactions. Of course, Warren being the contrarian, he has had a lot of uh, differing opinions on certain ones. Um, but I will... I'll ask Koala, which one was your most memorable or favorite balancing game comparison? The one with the search history. Warren was very sus. He's so sus, right? Yeah, that was <laughs> so super hard. It was so sus. It's uh, like, all right, let's be here. Let's be real. Everyone got some weird things in their search history. I, I, I am not going to shame anyone on their preferences in life, right? It is what it is. What you, as long as it is, as long as it is legal, do what you want in your own house, right? Now the thing is, it's like now I, I preface that in your own house, right? Making your your search your search history public <laughs> is not in your own house, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. That being said, it's like a billion dollars. Not a million, a billion dollars. Like that is beyond even life-changing money. That's like 10 generations, 20 generations from now money. You can buy a new life with a billion dollars. Yeah. I'm like, release the search history. I'm going to move somewhere so no one knows who I am. So I'm not the search history guy. And then we're going to chill, right? Like The fact that Warren wouldn't release it for a billion dollars, like what is in his search history? Right, like yeah, that was rough. Well, like so, he at first he hesitated, and then he reconsidered it, and then he still said no. So it's it even weirder. Yeah, right? so it makes <laughs> you think, like what the hell? What is he looking like, up? Like waiting. Yeah. Oh my god. And it and we're not gonna repeat exactly the phrasing he chose on the main show, but I mean I I don't think that would be the worst of search history things to. It's like how weird hide. could it be? If yeah. it's not, if it's like, if it's, if you're not, if you, if you ain't hiding anything illegal, how weird could it be? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what, who cares if Warren likes grandmas or something, right? Like, yeah, everyone's got a thing. <laughs> like, how weird could it, how weird could it be? Like, I don't, I really, like, a billion dollars, I could be convinced to do so many things, right? Like, so many up. things. A hundred percent. I don't know. That's just things wrong. Oh, man. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Bouncy versus Buenos Aires, which is a worse song. <laughs> a worse song? Buenos Aires. 100%. Right? Like, Buenos <laughs> Aires is so bad. It's so bad. I don't... I, okay. With a song that's that bad, I don't... And I know the Akimoto guy who's the AKB head dude wrote it. Like, what was he smoking then? Right? Like... It was... It was not good. I it's just, sort of was, like Rain's uh, Gong, right? Whereas oh a song God. that's so bad, but it beca- it's like a meme. I, yeah. You know, it, it points to me that people like that who make those decisions just have a lot of yes men around them who are boosting mm-hmm. their egos. Yeah. Because a real homie would be like, bro, this ain't it. But their people <laughs> are like, nah, this is it, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't... When I thought of this, I also considered to not choose Buenos Aires, but Vampire. Would that <sighs> me too. be a different choice for you, Doug? Or 
No, Buenos Aires is Star Wars. I think the fun. I find the novelty factor of vampire the misfitting fake teeth. Oh, the teeth! The teeth oh are so, <laughs> they're so funny. Like some kids look like they got way too many teeth in that music video. Yeah. Man. Oh man. Um. Gosh. I yeah. I can't. I can't think of one redeeming factor of Buenos Aires. Honestly. No, there is none. Yeah. There really isn't. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, Doug, any other standouts for you? Uh, let's see. Um, okay. Are, are we all on serial first team? Yes. Yes. 100%. Okay. All right. We can pass uh, that one up then. Yeah, like, we're not heathens over here. No, we're, we're, not, we're not cultural barbarians, as I said. Um, <laughs> how about this one? Um, let's see. The five Warrens versus a five-year-old Warren, right? Oh, that's, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> kind of contentious right yeah yeah that was well i don't want to say warren uh feels very highly of himself to watch five versions <laughs> of his adult self um but that that's a lot first hey of that's all. five search histories then <laughs> <laughs> wait that makes it worse because isn't that five billion dollars it's five billion dollars he'd still say oh, no. he would say no uh, he'd say no understand. five times five versions i don't understand that like i still don't yeah but, Here's the thing. It's like five Warrens. It's like five times the troll, right? Like we we love Warren. He's great, but yeah. like five of him might be too much. Just having a, like a pipsqueak Warren around, it's like how bad could that be? You know? Yeah. Like he, I'm pretty sure he was a goody two shoes growing up. So like, yeah. It can't be bad. Didn't he say it also on the show that he wants to relive his life differently from that point? So you would also yeah. know like your life ahead of time, I guess. Yeah, that was. Yeah, he's he's kind of he was kind of like he and I differed on a lot of these. Where he said he would rather lose vision than hearing. I think that's like. Maybe we should talk about that one because I I still don't understand why you would choose one over the other in yeah. that one. So which one did you choose, Doug? I would rather lose hearing than losing sight. And what was your your reasoning? My reasoning is that as a, as as humans, like sight is, I think, the most important sense. Um. Because it's like sight is how we interpret the world essentially, right? Because we're we're very visual creatures. To lose that, like I I understand that, yeah, it'd be like it's you can live without having sight because a lot of people do, um, who unfortunately have lost their vision. But at the same time, it's like I just can't imagine not being able to see things. Really, I really can't. Yeah, and I think it. Well, I also think Warren's explanation made sense because he is inclined to music and just mm -hmm. his experience with um, like musical storytelling and then music over the course of his life, right? Um, but then it didn't really go any further than I just want to enjoy something. It's also like you lose subtitles, right? Yeah. You have to only listen to things in languages you know, right? Um, I also feel like if you lose vision, you're way more dependent on others too than if you mm -hmm. lose hearing. Yeah. And that's another thing, because I don't want to, like, burden, like, because if I don't have vision, like, I need to be, like, driven around to places or things like that, right? Like, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. So that was another one of my re reasons there. But Koala. 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 See-through shirt or see-through pants. <laughs> oh, my God. Play the game. Answer Let, this. Let's preface it. You're in your underwear, though. Right. Mm. Uh, let's preface it. You can wear a bra and your your pants, whatever you want to wear on the bottom. It's up to you. What's worse, bro? The see-through pants are worse. 
I would never never wear like JYP style plastic feet through pants. Why not? Yeah, I'm on big the... eggplant energy koala. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dug on this. I think I think those pants are fire. Right? His like... underwear was okay. The sus, sus, though. Sus, when right? you when you it's... pointed it out, I was like, huh. Well, the JYP is kind of sus though. It's like you you can choose what kind of underwear you're wearing. Like you don't have to wear like JYP underwear. But the more I looked at it, the the weirder it got. I was like, I was just really staring it at has it. Been I was like, wrong, right? Like yeah. I was I was so confused. I was. I looked. Um, I, I okay. Why am I staring at this picture still? Right, but I'm staring at the picture right now. <laughs> it has to be a thong. What he's wearing. There's no way. There's they sell underwear like that. Like briefs or whatever tiny whiteies but it's also the angle so it could be like up tighter than let's just put it this way from his belt down there's nothing covering any thigh (laughs) no thigh coverage (laughs) i don't know what what is going on there oh Oh my god he's that just that kind of person you know he's uh... a strange guy that's why we like him though yeah for sure um all right koala any other favorites from the show no, but I generally really enjoyed this section. Yeah. What do you think about the section fun. moving forward? So, I know we've been doing weird things in State of the Nation just because we like to have banter these days because yeah. it's, it's more fun to do that. And I think everyone's been liking that. I was afraid of the balance game a little because you run the risk of making it too broad because we're covering 16 topics instead of one. So... That's something we're going to evaluate internally is if we like doing this or would you rather us do like a tier list or, you know, something more focused because the last one was like the worst travel experiences, but at least they're all linked by the fact that they're travel experiences. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we'll have to think about it, but nice. I think it went pretty well. Yeah, no, this one's really fun. Um, and it also gives us a chance to talk about it ahead of time, um, which I think was really helpful to get like our input and like just to be part of this conversation because not not that like we need to like be spoiled or like have this information ahead of time but knowing that a lot of community members had had say in like your choices or of which ones uh to categorize um yeah i think it just means a lot to like be engaged that way so definitely keep it up man i don't think about that but that is a very good point um all right well Thanks, Doug, for doing the balancing game. Um, shout out to Pris, because she's the one that mentioned it first. Yeah, it's very popular in Korea right now, too. Yeah. It's like a big thing. Yeah. Korea, they do weird things on Variety. They do. <laughs> All the games. All right. Um, so that was the balancing game. Um, check us out on the Discord for more balancing game conversation. I think we're still talking about balancing game stuff in Soju Talk Talk. So um, head over there if there's anything interesting that you guys... Uh, want to compare or any opinions you guys want to share about your choices all right uh so moving on to i would say like the best section now what do you think yeah um so on last week's episode we did have warren oh i had Warren on a one-on-one interview said um well it was it was a timing thing koala uh but we kind of (laughs) dug deeper and talked about you know some introspective things about life k-pop friendship um this section is doug talk and it's i wouldn't say it's going to be as deep or introspective but we're going to get to know doug just a little bit more so doug i'd like to lead off by saying how have you been over the past year during the pandemic 
So here's the thing, right? The pandemic, uh, stuck at home particularly a lot. You got a lot to think about, right? I feel like I've been asking more questions than finding answers, right? Like, you know, like I, I feel like, all right, we're going to be stuck all the time. I love being home. It's great, right? We get to we get to hang out, do stuff. At the same time, I feel like you, like, I think more recently, because I've we've been in um, lockdown for, like, about a year now, it's like, you, I really realized, like, I lost, like, a year of my life doing nothing, right? Like, you know Ugh. what I mean? Yes, the existential yeah. dread is heavy. Yeah, we're getting some existential dread. Now, I have, like, I would say the pandemic's been difficult on, like, a mental sense, particularly for a lot of people, including myself. It's like, you're stuck here. You're, like, don't unsure of yourself. And because you can't go anywhere, you can't, like, really, like, figure out things other than tr- being trapped in your house a lot right so it's, it's but overall though not too bad right yeah it's fun being home but at the same time it's like kind of want to get my life going still you know like yeah. i want to go do things want to just like see the world get outside yeah. oh, it's rough um but i will say just like having the show and having the community has been a really big help to myself I personally agree. yes um and like not to say that there's two different dogs but like the the, sh- the guy on the show is a very welcoming, warm, and like a stabilizing um, figure, I would say, for a lot of listeners. Like, I know I'm speaking for like everyone right now, but to me personally, like, it, it is really nice to have that sense of routine um, that you bring and warn Anita every week. So, I do want to thank you for that. Yeah, I feel like on the, the Discord, I'm way more chaotic and just troll a lot. <laughs> really? What do you mean? No idea. <laughs> Oh man. Um, Kamala, what? Um, so, how do you feel about the pandemic as well? And how do you feel that Soju Talk and Doug and just like knowing him this past year, how has that changed or helped helped you? Oh, I've I've been like working before the pandemic, and the pandemic like actually brought me like closer to the, to the whole community because I had nothing to do at all, staying all at home. So I just engaged more. And I mean, in Germany, it it was not as bad as in these states because we had like a three, four month time window where I was able to meet friends and do shit. But it, like the beginning still was like boring as hell. Now I'm stuck at home again. It's just really exhausting. I, I don't know how staying at home can be so exhausting, but it just is nowadays. I'm just so sick of it. And I, I actually just want to go out again and do stuff and even go to school like okay please just let me do it i don't want to be at home anymore i'm sick of it yeah there's only so much you can do at home right like when you don't have a choice it's like it's nice to be like oh i'm I'm a homebody i like to be at home but also i have to go to school or i have to go to work or i have to like live my life like four to five days out of the week and like my own time is my time at home but when you're stuck at home all the time because you don't have a choice, just, I mean, like Doug said, it's mentally draining and it, it does wear on people. Um, but For yeah, sure. Like, it's a real thing. Right. Just, it's rough. But again, like happy to have everyone here and happy to like get into like old interests that I've had over the years. So I think I showed you one time on, on uh, voice chat, my Pokemon card collection. I actually had to organize it and like bought brand new like sleeves and cases for it. So it's like super like fancy and clean now. And I looked up prices for a bunch of cards. Uh, Let's just say like (laughs) it's 
it's only going up. And I got a yeah, good, because yeah, we yeah. got a hybrid now for Pokemon cards. Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, but yeah, so like collecting things and like old collectibles have always been like part of my life, and um, it's just nice to like revisit those things because we have so much time during a pandemic. Um, Doug, what are some things that you've collected over uh, over your time and like history as a person? Collected many a thing. There is like, <laughs> let's start off. There's like. I'm going to preface this by saying only collect things if you have expendable income. Do not waste your the money you need on real life things on collections because it's not worth it, right? Take care of yourself before you can buy things, right? That's the the, the main thing I want to say. That being said, um, I have collected many a thing since I was brought into the world many a year ago. <laughs> yeah. um, I've collected a lot of different cards, right? Baseball cards, Pokemon cards. I had I even during the pandemic I started a Michigan rookie football card collection, but they all had to be autographed. What? <laughs> I dumped too much money into that. Damn. Um, it's kind of legit though, and I got like a Tom. I, it's not signed, but I have a Tom Brady rookie card. It's ancient, oh. right? Like, um, and then once I was younger, a little bit older, I mean, I collected wrestlers because I was big into WWF in the 90s. You know, a lot of 90s kids were really into that because I was really cool. And then, okay, I think the biggest collection, though, is definitely the K-pop album collection, right? I think I've spent the most money on that. I want to say, though, with all collections, buyer's regret is definitely a thing, right? Like, you... There is a thing called, like, a collector's itch where you're like, you see this thing online. You're like, I need this so badly, right? And you're like, I'm I'm searching for it. I'm hunting for it, the thrill of the hunt. And then once you get it, sometimes you're like, I, like six months later, you're like, I really didn't need this, right? And now you're just set looking at it. Um, To be honest, if I wanted to like boil down my K-pop album collection, I could probably get rid of half of these. Like, I'm going to be really honest about this. Um. <laughs> On the, the, the brighter side of things, at least I can say that I helped support the artists that I liked, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's just so many albums in here. And it's like, was it worth? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you make a good point about supporting the artists, right? Because that's like yeah. one way we can directly support them and hopefully is, keep is them afloat just, but the thing is that's kind of a crap justification yeah. right like it really uh, is. I mean, it's, it's, though i mean yes <laughs> so you, you proposed to me we're going to talk about collectibles so i looked up like the psychology behind why you want to collect things yeah. right because interested to know why i want to collect things. it seems like a lot of it has to do with like physically manifesting memories of certain times in your life that's mm -hmm. like the main driving factor I kind of agree with that. Um, at the same time, I feel like if you have expendable income and you like to collect, it's like a double negative because then you're just going to buy things you don't need, right? Um, it is what it is, though. Right? Like, it's, like, <laughs> the, all right, so things have monetary value. Like an album's going to cost you X amount each time. Um but at the end of the day, things like K-pop albums do not appreciate value at all, right? Like, right. photo cards might appreciate value, but the albums themselves, they print so many of them that it's not going to be worth more now. Like, I have, like, the first Girls' Generation album. It's still the same price that I bought it at, right? Like, 
10, 12 years ago. The only albums I know which like rose in price were the NCT albums, but now they are reprinting them. Yeah, so the like, price for like those would go down. Ones, limited ones, but like a base album, it does not appreciate in value. So if you're going to buy it, you literally have to buy it because you want it, right? Um, yeah. I'm kind of weaning off collecting albums, K-pop albums. I keep saying this, right? And yet. <laughs> keep buying <laughs> Um, honestly, though, I really feel like once Eyes One ends, let's assume that they do end in a couple months, I don't think I'm going to buy albums other than, like, an IU album whenever she releases one. Like, I really don't think I will. Because um, I'm moving on to new things now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, I've been collecting the vinyls lately. That's been kind of cool. And I like that because it's a lot more slow pace, so I don't have to feel, like, the need to buy them. Um, but the, 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 the problem lately has been this anime thing, right? Right, right, Christy? Yeah, let's, let's, let's jump into it. So, well, let me set it up. So over the past, like, two weeks, um, Doug has shared with us his growing and now, um, topped off experience with anime. I think he's getting to that point where it's like, oh, this guy's, this guy's into it. Um, Doug... So with anime, aside mm-hmm. from watching and reading manga, there comes collectibles and things that you can support and supplant your uh, your need and hunger, your desire for um, something physical in this world. Um, care to care to share and explain what you've okay. been doing? There's, there's, there's an anime figure abyss, right? There's an <laughs> abyss of anime figures where there's like an unlimited price to them too, right? Yeah. And with once you're an adult, so if you're a teenager, do not spend a lot of money on this. It's not worth it, right? Go do something better with your money. Buy your parents something, right? Um, with being an adult comes adult hobbies, right? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like I'm a stripper with this hobby or something. <laughs> hobby meaning adult level money hobbies, right? Yeah. That, that, that's what. I mean. Um, I have started to collect these anime figures and not just like a go to toys r us and buy a 30 dollar action figure one but like really high detailed nice ones right um i guess the the plan is to collect the the characters that really i really connected to through my anime journey and eventually when i got my own house got like a nice room we'll set up some glass cases put them in it right it'll be it'll look legit right lock it so the i eventually have kids they don't break it but you know these are like display pieces. They're not even figures anymore, right? Yeah. Um, it just feels cool because I remember growing up going to like comic book stores and things like that back in the day and seeing these figures and thinking they're so cool. And like now that I'm an adult and I can start to collect them, it feels kind of cool, right? Like, I guess that's, I guess that's the, the main motivation. Also, like... They just kind of look nice, you know? I'm looking at Saitama right now, One Punch Man. He looking pretty fresh over there, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, you're saying a lot of, like, really, like, interesting, like, amazing things. I want to try to piece it together. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring us all the way back to the balancing game. Um, oh. Because when you compared vision and hearing, you would mm-hmm. want to keep vision. Um, and from yeah. our conversations in the past and um, things that we've talked about, you're a very visual learner. And and then you had talked about collectibles and the psychology, uh, manifesting memories, being nostalgic for something, right? And with that, there's also this idea of, well, not idea, but like a very real physiological response of 
serotonin, right? When you get something pleasurable, oh, yeah. just a serotonin kick, right? Essentially. Um, how, well, I guess like, do you feel, do you feel like you're aware of kind of all the mechanics of your, your emotional journey of, um, watching an anime, looking for the figures, but then also being transported to that point in your time where, um, you did feel very nostalgic to growing up with this type of culture in your life. I don't think I'm completely aware, but it's definitely what's taking place. Um, I would say, like, I feel like now that I have funds where I can spend on things that aren't just, like, necessities, it really feels like me being, the like, a kid again at the <laughs> toy store and looking at, like, the glass cases and being like, I'll eventually get some of these, you know? Yeah. And I definitely think that's what's going on. At the same time, though, I I have to be careful because if I'm not careful, like I'm just going to buy too many and I don't need enough. So my strategy has been put it in the folder or put it in the cart, put it in there for three weeks. If you still want it after then, sure. You know, as long as it's reasonable, like I ain't gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm very fiscally responsible. But if it's like, if you could afford it and it's, it's fine, if it's still there in like a month or so and you still want it, sure. Be, be my guest. Right. As long as you can afford it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's another thing, like, it's not only to be nostalgic, but it's also, like, it's a good way to express the things that I like to people. Because, like, there's the Saitama thing here. My relatives are like, that's pretty cool, right? And I'm explaining it to them. And it's just, like, a conversation starter, too, I think. Yeah. You always, I mean, a lot of a lot of the things that we're interested in are founded in wanting to form connections with people. And yeah. trying to share that experience with someone else, right? I, I was thinking about the anime figures versus the K-pop albums lately, right? The mm. main difference is, like, this figure, you see it. It's just cool, right? It's a figure. It's detailed <laughs> well. These albums are just, like, paper books, right? And, yeah. like, because I'm a visual learner, like, yeah, the books are cool, but, like, does anyone really care about the photo books unless they're, like, really into <laughs> the paper? Yeah. I don't know. Just a question I had. Yeah. And there's also a separation of reality, right? Where... Mm. If someone sees a K-pop album or like pictures of like cute girls, it's like not not to say that there's um, there's a cringe factor in it, but it's one of those where it's like, oh, those are real people. It's like, oh, I don't know them that's, in real life. Oh, that's a good point. I agree with that. Right. I but then that. something that's animated, something that's fictional, something that's seen potentially more as art, like an art piece, right? then there is that ability to like form a different type of conversation around why something exists and why you have something. That's kind of true. If you think about it, there is a, there's like, all right, both of those things are kind of like, I want to call them hard taboo, but like K-pop and anime are both kind of taboo things still in the, in the American mass media market. Right. I would say, especially in American culture, it is less weird to like a, to like this cartoon character and get a figure than it is to just like get a giant poster of someone like an idol's face i think yeah i, Maybe, I agree with that because <laughs> like liking a character versus liking a person who you can't meet are two totally different things i think right, right. um koala you're here mm. hello <laughs> <laughs> um so you watch anime in the past when you were like much younger right Mm -hmm. How do you feel like your fandom and experience with anime has translated to who you are as an as a teenager, but then also like your fandoms in other places, specifically K-pop? 
So I would say anime was like the first step for me to get more into like internet culture and fandoms in general. Because I, I don't know when, but like my cousin was the one who like first showed me some totally legal places to watch all these animes. Totally legal. <laughs> of course. And I know that like for the first Probably I was binging everything. An unhealthy amount of binging <laughs> might have bring problems with it. I don't know yet. But like, anime was pretty essential for like my general personality on the internet. Because I don't think I would be that invested in like different social medias and fandoms if it was not for anime. Because now I'm not that big of an anime fan anymore. I watch like the big movies and animes once a time. But now it's obviously more focused on K-pop. But I I can like uh, I can like see for both fandoms how they like I don't know how they how could you say that how they how they what is the English word uh, German brain. Uh, more like the similarities and how you engage yes right we have a german word for that i don't know the english one yeah um and it's pretty interesting of course i was i was a fetus back then i don't i don't think like my memory is accurate of all the things that have happened but it's interesting to see now how i like move around in the internet and am a person in this k-pop fandom compared to how i was in the anime fandom yeah and I think I, I think not to diminish like your your experiences when you're younger, of course, but like our memories change over time. But what makes those memories stick or at least matter to us most is how we emotionally engage with those memories when they initially happen, but then also like what we remember about them. So like the idea of nostalgia, right? Or the idea of like being transported to a time when you were a kid in a toy store, like what the Doug had said. Um so yeah, there there is a definitely an emotional component to like our fandoms, whether that's K-pop or anime. Um, I know for me, I wasn't completely aware of this until I was a little bit older. Um, but I and I didn't realize the reason why I was such a fan of like anime and then like K-pop later in my life was kind of that desire to wanting to see an Asian person represented Ooh. anywhere, right? <laughs> and I like that. Yeah, because like you don't you don't think about it when you're younger, and I I don't even I I would say like I didn't even think about it until like I was in my twenties. That like wow, that was a time ago. <laughs> Thank you. That that was like just like looking up and seeing like oh that person looks like me, regardless if they're Japanese or Korean. Like I'm Filipino Chinese, but I'm still like an Asian person. Um, so I guess what I wanted to ask like both of you to kind of like put a pin on like the anime like discussion. Um, what do you feel like the impact culturally seeing someone who looks like you means for your desire to want to be part of that culture or part of that fandom, whether it's anime or K-pop? Such a good question, bro. Damn, I'm impressed. Damn. (laughs) You know, before I got into K-pop, right? And before I even went, so I got into K-pop in like seventh grade or something, right? But even through there, it was just like casual, whatever. Before I went to college, I did not have like one Asian friend growing up. And I did not speak any Korean outside of like a couple food names, right? 
my correlation into be, um, connecting with my heritage is directly linked with my involvement with K-pop, right? So for me, this like getting into K-pop and still being into K-pop has been such a journey in learning about my heritage and stuff. And like the fact that I'm like pretty semi-fluent in Korean now is kind of ridiculous to me. If I if you had told me that when I was like 15, I'd say you're completely like lying. Like it was at a certain point, I think growing up where I like resented the fact that I was Asian versus being white in my community because like we're, we were so, it was such a white area. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the token Asian. Right. Like that's just my identity, but it's become something like to be proud of as I've grown older. And it's, Maybe I'm getting too deep, but like that's like been the story so far, and it's been really cool. No, go deep. I mean, I mean, it's also something that's happened that shifted in the 2010s, right? Mm. Where like yeah. the beginning, all people knew was anime and K-pop in the early mm. 2010s, but then as Asian Americans and Asian American cinema grew, people wanted more. People wanted to be represented more. Um, I know there was a really big shift, like between 2016, 2017, um, when movies started to come out uh, with certain you know types of people like different people um i can remember specifically like crazy rich asians or the farewell i think that's like 2018 and there was just this, when was train to busan 2016 i want to say yeah so like mid mid 2010s where there was like kind of an awakening especially in the u.s where it's like oh there's a lot of asian people in america we make really good things. How come we're not seen more? Mm-hmm. And uh, especially on the West Coast, where there's just a, a lot of, like the, there's a higher population of Asian people on the West Coast for obvious reasons. But it's it's one of those where we didn't really f- see the agency or power we had over making that shift happen for ourselves. And I feel like for me, it's been a really important and um, like, milestone experience just in my life accepting and celebrating asian culture so when the popularity of k-pop happened in the past five six years it was it was a really important thing for me to want to be a part of and included in um so i know we're speaking on the side of the united states koala and just how things Mm. work in western Mm. media Mm. but i want to get your perspective uh and you've told me this in the past but what is your experience like in your little town in Germany um, being an Asian person? Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't I wouldn't say that I have like any Asian friends. It's more like people I know, but we're not friends. And there's like no there has never been an Asian kid in my class if I remember correctly. Yes. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone. So it's been similar to Doug's experience, just Germany in general is very conservative about some topics, especially like looking at the history and stuff. And like anime and K-pop and the whole fandoms and, and shit just were a way for me to like experience different culture than what I'm experiencing at home, which is Vietnamese culture and at school, which is the German culture. And I, I remember me being like 12, 13, something like that. And I was like really happy when I heard some of my friends were like, oh, I enjoyed that music video of that one artist because I was really happy that they enjoyed a part of not my culture, but like the whole broad 
culture, Asian culture People that they that enjoyed like it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just really important that like anime and K-pop also took off. So it was nice to see that other people started to enjoy it. Yeah. Even though in my like immediate like my general friend group, I don't think any one of them actually enjoy. They enjoy anime, but they don't enjoy K-pop. I know that. Yeah, and it's these experiences that we internalize, right? I mean, on the surface, like we um, we coexist and we have to adapt to our surroundings and our environment. Um, whether that's like being surrounded by like Europeans and Germans or like Doug, like growing up in the Midwest and being surrounded oh, by white I'm people. From- Jersey. Or, oh, Jersey, that's right. <laughs> I forget, you went to school in Michigan. High school was when we had zero Asian friends because I went to a really white high school. Yeah. Um, elementary school, though, from first to eighth grade, shout out to the Filipinos. They hey. essentially adopted me. Like, I was like a de facto Filipino for a while, bro. Because, like, you know, that's like the, the, the Asian kids <laughs> that stick together. For sure, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are, yeah. yeah. Like, because I went to Catholic school, even though I'm not Catholic, and like a lot of Filipinos are Catholic, so oh, yeah, like, for sure, so they were my homies growing up. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Well, what's up, Doug? You want some? What's some punsit? Want some? Oh, we had TV yesterday, fam. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was dope. <laughs> you oh killed me. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. So I guess like putting a a pin on like the rest of like our cultural experiences and everything. Um. I think kind of end on the light like topic. Um. K dramas. Oh, so Doug, expert in the room. It's not me, but there's a. <laughs> I'll I'll speak to the ones I've watched though. You know. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, what what have you enjoyed recently? All right. For some reason, people on our Discord don't like Itaewon class as much as me. <laughs> like I, I like really, it. Really liked it. You know, I thought it was great. Um, the other ones, uh, my other favorite dramas, Hotel de Luna. There's people watching it right now hey. on the Discord. And if you're an IU fan, double positive, right? <laughs> um, the my favorite like straight up dramatic drama is probably Sky Castle. I thought that was crazy because it really exposes the like well, it dramatizes it, but like the cutthroat nature of Korean high school politics and getting your kid into a good school. And mm-hmm. a lot of the themes they cover are just extensions of things that have happened in real life. Just like they accumulate all the crazy stuff together, right? Um, and then. The Reply 1988 drama, I thought that was incredibly good because it's not only like nostalgic for an older time in Korea, but each episode seemed to address like very specific topics like the the protests at the time or back when it was really taboo to marry someone with the same last name as you. Things like that. Yeah. Um, Koala, uh, have you mm-hmm. seen any of those that Doug mentioned and did you have like the same, any of those dramas have the same effect on you? I've watched Itaewon Class and Hotel de Luna. I've not, I, I don't, I think I have watched a different Reply series. I'm not sure though. I think I it was a different one. Oh, you gotta watch that film. I know, so... but like, I'm, I'm watching Penthouse right now. And, oh, it's and I'm, thing. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same vibe. So I will watch Sky's Castle afterwards. And yeah, if, if Sky Castle is about the same as Penthouse, it's really good. It's, of course, dramatized, but like, shh. And it's nice to see to it's nice to watch something different than the typical melodrama okay. romance. It's like stuff. no chill, no chill at yeah. all. <laughs> and crispy. Yes. W- which dramas have you enjoyed in the past? <laughs> all right, so right now we're watching Hotel de Luna together on mm-hmm. the server. Um, so Malfiar, uh, one of the mods, um, 
organized us together as the drama club. And then he put out a couple of polls. We all landed on Hotel de Luna. And I'd say like this past two weeks of watching it together and then having a discussion about it um, in chat has been like a really fun, like book clubby feel of like how to like experience like these stories and like the shows. Um, I don't, who's, who's the lead female? I, I forget. Someone explain? <laughs> I don't know. Ijeon, I don't know. Oh, I think that's her name. okay, okay. Um, yeah, if you if you have joined us on uh, the the watch along, I I I paused for a second because I I remembered her name. Her name's Ayu. Oh, oh that's what it was. And, yep, and yep. she's and she's gorgeous and beautiful. <laughs> and um, you will get my commentary. <laughs> I will just say oh that if you join us on the watch along, you will have amazing commentary. That's the thing, like. As as much as like I'm a fan of Ayu, the drama's just good, right? Yeah, yeah. So it is. The best way to describe it, it just feels like Alice in Wonderland going on. Oh. Like there's like a mm. entire time, right? Yeah, that's real good. I think that's like a really good way to explain it. Like I, I'm not gonna burn any of the plot, but like it's magical. There's ghosts. There's action sequences. There's flashbacks. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on, yeah. and it's a, it's a you're gonna have to suspend a lot of disbelief to watch this one, though. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. Well, you know what's gonna carry you is um, all of her outfits. I think she yeah. has <laughs> twenty-five or six outfits in the first two episodes. The fashion's nuts, and she—I think this is like peak acting for her, at least at this point in her mm-hmm. career. She like acts her butt off the entire series. Yeah, she really carries. I'm like it. so impressed by her. Like she, we all. She's obviously a great singer, but like. That her acting is actually this good and so captivating. Oh. Like if you see her behind this, like her normal real life Ayu stuff, she's just kind of quiet and derpy, right? Like she's yeah. not, not like serious at all. And then this acting though, like she has to put on so many different masks to get to the places she's getting in this drama. Yeah, absolutely. And it really just like it just shines, just like how much like the attention is on her. But then at the same time, how she like fluidly goes between like the different. She can handle the pressure for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Oh, man, Ayu. Um, yeah, this turned into Ayu Sim session. That's cool. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Uh, so kind of to put a wrap on everything. Um, I would. I do want to talk about Reply 1988 because I still have not seen that one, but that's one that's interested me for a really long time. And just like everything you said about its historical context of mm-hmm. that period in time in Korea. But I also feel like that's indicative of Asian culture in general. For sure. Um, and it really just like aligns with the themes of what we've been talking about in, in our little Doug, Doug talk section. Um, so going off of that, just like the different storytelling mediums, whether it's anime, dramas, or things that we read, how do you feel like it's affected you personally today and kind of moving forward into your cultural identity, Doug? I think all of these mediums that I watch are good because they, they I get to see situations that I don't get to live in my real life, whether they're realistic or not, right? And what you learn through these characters is whatever whatever choices they make is irrelevant to my own life because I'm not in their shoes, right? But it leaves one thinking, what decision would I make in that point? And I think that's the... The good thing with storytelling, good storytelling at least, is that you're left thinking like either that was such a good decision, I would have done that, right? Or you're like, man, I can't believe they had those consequences. I definitely wouldn't have done that. 
And either way, it's stimulating you to think about like your life in perspective of what you're seeing on the screen. Yeah, really well put, Doug. I mean, it, it's so complex, right? Just like the different experiences that you may not be able to live for any number of reasons. Um, and yet we are so emotionally attached and connected to good storytelling, as you said. Um, Koala, uh, being the youngest person here in this group, and <laughs> not, not to say that these stories will affect you more than Duggarai, but you have yet to live certain periods of your life that are told in these stories. How does this kind of give you a roadmap to just being a better person or making certain choices in your life? So I don't, I don't know whether all of these like plots and storylines will like affect me in a conscious way. I think they will in an unconscious way. So I, I won't like ac actively like think about different uh, situations and things that many characters have done. But I think they have a big impact on how I like see the world because there are like many dark uh, animes, drama, series, movies, which definitely have made me think a bit more about how I would have maybe done it in their position, even though it's probably very unlikely for me to be in that uh, po position. Oh my God, speaking is so hard. I think the, f the best example would be extracurricular, what we've watched together, uh, Crispy. Because that show in general just showed me a complete different like life, which I could not imagine for myself. And just interesting, what just the what ifs? Because I still have so many years going forward, and I will I will have to eventually make many opinion uh, opinions. What <laughs> my brain choices? That's that's how you say it. Choices and. Even though if I will make bad choices in the future, which will be the case for many things, I believe, I will still like have that input of different characters who are completely different from me, uh, on which I can reflect with. Yeah, really introspective of you, Koala. Why is beyond your years, I'll say. Um, yeah, so that kind of ends our little Doug talk, like introspection, therapy session, however you want to put it. Um, just closing thoughts for the show and the week. Um, just a little check-in, just to see how everyone's doing. Um, what are you guys looking forward to next week, whether that's music, the community, or life? Um, and just how you're feeling after our, our, uh, our discussion today. This, this was way deeper than our normal content. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I need to get through this Fate Stay. I mean, no, Fate Zero anime. Hey, right? Yeah. I I've come to a weird realization though. Um, is that I like the characters more than the plot in the Fate world. So, like <laughs> the simp so, energy. So the characters from the main realm are like so this is a prequel so they're all young so they're not very present in it right it has to do with more like the people before them like Saber's there which is great because I'm a Saber fan right but like at the same time I'm like oh like Rin's not really in this or like <laughs> Shiro's not really in this like it's cool but like I'm not super engaged Um, in terms of music though that shiny comeback has me really intrigued because I wonder what they're gonna do same same yeah <laughs> shiny's back how about you Koala? IU is back. Oh, she yeah. just, it sounds that. 
Yeah. She just announced that, bro. I'm so ready. Yeah, that's for the next week's. It's gonna be wild. Ooh. It's gonna be massive. It has to be. It will. Wild. She's gonna yes. destroy everything. I just. I, I don't know. Um, mm, I guess I for have... life, yeah. life koala. Life. I have a lot of stuff to do for school, so not excited. Not looking forward to it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Like in general, I try to distract myself a bit. So upcoming would be the second season of Penthouse, simping on Lisa on the Chinese produce version. Yoni. And... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and wait, I wanted to say something else. I forgot it. Can't be that. Ah, Icon. Yes. Icon. <gasps> yeah, see you. Icon's back. Yeah. The, the the main kingdom, not the group, because yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kingdom in April. I'm kind of hyped for that. I'm excited. I, I'm hyped because we apparently will be getting performances next week already. And I guess they're just going with six, like. Cause yeah, they like will probably. They, they were going to have a seventh group. Yeah, no soloists. Just, I don't think. Just not. Sadly. Even though I would have thought that they would add countdown, but. Yeah. I'm so hyped for it. I I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Again, like I'm not a big boy group fan. <laughs> like, you will watch it. But I will watch this. Oh, it's gonna be like, take out your popcorn. This is some like yes. this is some drama. This is some spicy. Be- because this is this is like war in form of performances. <laughs> like we haven't had competition shows like a legit one other than like we we don't get produced anymore. So this has Mm-mm. to be the oh, yeah. This is it. We haven't yeah. had anything since last over a it's year. Island. I, oh, Island, that's right. Damn. And like, oh, Road to Kingdom was already like pretty fun for me, but this is like another level with names like Stray Kids on there. Alright, a lot of good things coming up. Like, super excited. Um, community-wise, um, Doug, our D and D group, I think is starting up again. Yes, I need to make a new character. Yes. Oh, you you guys dead. <laughs> okay but you're the character you're making is uh it's pretty cool i'm pretty excited for that oh, one. Oh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh my god i see previewing the voice got it i'll preview oh i'm, I'm here for it um i guess i'll preview it here my character is essentially modeled after iu from hotel de luna oh my god oh that's another level of a sip so you're like third like you're like five like s tier sundere plus like <laughs> You're a sociopath too, right? Yeah, like, like 800 years old, and God. Yeah, I'm a lawful, lawful evil. I'm a warlock, so I, I make Fair. make a pact, you know. Oh man. Um. Yeah. So that's it. Any closing thoughts for just life in general? You guys good? Good. I we chilling. Yes, I'm good. Maybe for that stimulus check to hit, you know, so we can control the collect. <laughs> no <I'm> kidding. <laughs> hey man, you got to stimulate the economy somehow. Hey, hey Joe, where's the, where's the check, Joe? What a- Just <laughs> <laughs> not, uh-huh. not a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Not, I get it. All right. Well, on that note, um, I think that's a good place to end this week. Um, thank you for listening to the Soju Talk Nation podcast, episode six. Subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify or your preferred podcast platform, and continue the conversation on the Soju Talk K-pop podcast Discord. This has been the Soju Talk Nation for Koala and Doug. This is Crispy. Bye. 
Bye. Bye.